There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. The bloodline kicked off raw this week, and Roman Reigns still wasn't with them. So I want to ask, where is he? Has anyone told us why? No, they haven't. So I, Simon Miller, have decided to call out Roman Reigns. <laughs> Wait, what am I doing? I'm not calling out. Nobody tell him. Otherwise, oh, yes, hello, I am Simon from What Culture, and welcome to Raw Ups and Downs, the show where we take the finger of power, and if something's good, we go, give it an up, and if something's bad, we say, give it a down. I don't know. I don't know how this became a thing. We live in very strange times. Before the Uso, Sola Sokoa, and Paul Heyman could do much of anything, though, the Judgment Day interrupted. I was like, ooh, lally, this is going to be good. But I was a little bit worried because back in the Attitude Era, WWE loved nothing more than taking two teams and pushing them together. So you remember when we had the corporation and the ministry, all of a sudden they were the corporate ministry. So I had visions this was going to become the Judgment Line or the Blood Day. It sounds like some crappy B-movie. But actually, after Damien Priest had acted all like, ha ha, I'm going to beat you up. He went and basically got on with Paul Heyman. Huh. Finn Balor's face during this was tremendous because it was like somebody had vomited on him. He was so annoyed when Paul was all like, yes, that's right. These two forces are coming together, all thanks to the head of the table. Jey Uso was stunned by this, but Heyman was like, that's the whole point, you goober. Roman wants to see how you are going to respond. And we did address Finn Balor's rage here. Paul Heyman was all, look, I know you don't like it. You're going to have to do it anyway. The absolute best bit, though, is that Rhea Ripley kept changing spots so she could continue to eyeball Sola Sokoa. And when Heyman said to her, do we have a problem? The SmackDown Women's Champion said, not yet. So here's what we're going to do. We should do Sola versus Rhea, and Rhea should win. And then Rhea should defeat the Usos. I'm not kidding here. And then she should take on the head of the table, and she should win. One, two, three. Rhea Ripley is now the WWE Undisputed Champion. And then do you know what we do next? We give her all the belts. The point was is that they do have similar enemies. So what we're going to do is Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and Matt Riddle are going to take on the Judgment Day later. Whereas in around about three seconds, we are going to get Solo Sokoa versus flubbing Rey Mysterio. Heyman then apologized to Dominic because he's going to be around his deadbeat dad. And I actually liked all of this. It's so cool to see factions coming together, especially because later on, we were going to get mega faction warfare. There was a time in WWE when you were allowed to be in a group. It was considered bad. It was ridiculous. Giving it up. So all of that was fun. As was Sola Sokoa versus Rey Mysterio. But this would have been better if Rey hadn't lost a couple of times recently. But do you know who is not losing and who is winning all the time? Solo flipping Sokoa. I know what I just said, but I also have a plan B. If we're not going to do that with Rhea Ripley, it should be Solo who tears through the company. 
He should become the new chief of the tribal. The fans were absolutely desperate for Danny Ray to win as well, so this story has completely worked. But after he hit the 6-1 line and the splash, Sokoa kicked out. I was like, oh my gosh, he's becoming the best person ever. Ray thought another 6-1-9 could do it, and he actually did get that down. But this is when the Usos came to ringside because they can't help themselves. But thankfully, Ray does have friends soon after the LWO were here too. None of this worked though because Solo got out of the way of the splash when he spiked Ray and he got the one, two, three. And this is what I was doing. I know it looks like I'm stuck in some kind of space-time continuum. That's just how I celebrate. The Bloodline then of course finished off LWO and Ray. And while this is a bit like Groundhog Day and Bill Murray's gonna show up eventually, it did tie into the end of Raw, which was an absolute hoot. I loved it greatly giving it an up. And then it was right into goofy wrestling for life. So we saw the Alpha Academy and Maxine Dupree talking to Adam Pearce as Chad Gable was like, listen, I know this stupid draft is coming up, but if Otis goes, I have to go with him. We're a team. Dupree jumped in and said to Pearce, well, wait a minute, who would you want to be the star of the company? This idiot Chad or the wonderful Otis? When Maxine and Gable got into a shoes battle, because of course they did. Adam then told them to shut up because this was a very weird thing to do in a public space. And it was essentially just promotion for the draft to let you know if you are a brand new fan, that's right. Tag team teams can get broken up. Given that Vince McMahon is still in control, they probably will. We also learned that Bad Buddy is going to return to Raw next week as we do continue to set up that match for Backlash. When it was Bianca Belair versus Dakota Kai. Why not? This, of course, is down to the fact that EO Sky has a championship match against the champion coming up at the pay-per-view premium live event. But this really made me chuckle. In what other sport would this happen? All oh, right. We do have this big title fight. Why don't we have the friend get in there and just take some shots first? The interesting part, though, was that even though Sky and Bailey were at ringside, they did absolutely nothing. And Bianca Belair basically beat up Dakota Kai for a while Hit with the KOD and got the one, two, three. So clearly the tease here is that we are going to break up damage control, probably in the draft, and that they hate each other anyway. And what really made me laugh was that Dakota's offense was basically getting absolutely whipped by Bianca. And when Kai kicked out, Belair was like, oh, wow, she didn't stay down. What a trooper. So this was all right. I mean, it did fall a little bit flat because I just do not know what the long-term direction for Bianca Belair is at the moment. And she should have a long-term direction. She's the Raw Women's Champion, for goodness sake. But it was okay for what it was. Up. But then saw Cody Rhodes walking to the ring because he is in a bad mood and he wants to have a word. When we got this really weird video for Bronson Reed. I don't know what was going on. Basically, it was there so he could refer to himself as Mr. Nice Guy. I was like, okay, hello, Mr. Nice Guy. Good for you. So it turned out we were going to do more stuff between the Bloodline and the Judgment Day. And it was kind of like we were going wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Maybe they're going to have a few too. Because after Damien Priest had told the Naughty Rabbit not to show up in seven days, Paul Heyman arrived and he was like, well, what did you think of that old Solar Sokoa, hey? Finn Balor looked at him and just went, meh. I love Finn Balor. Damien basically big lead him as well as Rhea said, oh man, you better get out here before we do something bad. As Heyman reminded them, look, we got our job done, so you better get your job done too. And again, just for a spite spoiler, does the Judgment Day get the job done? No, no, they do not. The Judgment Day also made it very clear that they don't give a flub about Roman Reigns or his crew. So once again, there it is the tease. We should absolutely do this. 
I think we could have some fun. Which is when here came Cody Rhodes. Whoa. The fans still love him, so I think we are going to be all right. As the commentators made it very clear. Wait a minute. We are looking at Cody right now, and he's not dressed in a lovely suit. In fact, he's dressed to fight. So he was either that or he just enjoyed wearing his tight tights when he got in the ring and he said, Brock Lesnar, you get your ass out here right now. <laughs> when here came Adam Pearce instead. And i tell you why this is so good. Because the law of averages dictates that at least one person was watching Monday Night Raw for the first time ever. They had no clue about any of the superstars. So they thought that Adam Pearce was Brock Lesnar for around about two seconds. That just warms my tootsie toes. He was here to remind Cody that he's not medically cleared, though, which begs the question, why did you let him go to the ring in the first place? So what he needs to do is go to the back and just drop this all together. Rhodes acted like he was going to do this, but instead he got a chair when all of a sudden these security guards were trying to stop him. He started taking him out when we heard, which is my impression of Brock Lesnar's music, and out came the beast. Because he's a heel now, he was wearing a trench coat, but it looks a bit like you ordered The Undertaker from Wish. And as he slowly walked to the ring, he basically stopped as Adam Pearce was losing his mind going, please, please, if you two just leave it, I, t- I know what I'll do. You can have the match. We'll do it at Backlash. Cody then tried to get to Brock Lesnar, but there was more security guards and Roach just took them out like they were James Bond villains. And Brock thought this was so funny, he just went, ha, 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 ha. He turned around and he left. He don't get paid by the hour. Cody also got the microphone after this and said, look, you dressed like a cowboy, but I grew up among cowboys. You ain't no cowboy. You're a coward. And somehow, even though if you wrote that down on a piece of paper, it would look ridiculous. Cody Rhodes just makes it sound so damn good. And this feud is absolutely great. The only real shame is that it's not for the WWE title. We still do need this big promo from Brock where he explains himself. But Backlash is ages away right now, so we can take our time. This got me really fired up. Slightly worried that Cody Rhodes is going to lose. I don't know what we do then, but I worry about the here and now. Get enough. We then must have ended some kind of weird, bizarre time capsule because it was The Miz versus Seth Rollins. What? Here's the deal though. Fair play to these guys. We know that Seth Rollins is all time. In his own way, The Miz is too. And they had one hell of a banger of a match. This jumped Rollins to begin with to make it very clear who was the good guy and who was the bad guy. And even though Seth got back into it a little bit, Eventually, Miz pushed him off Barry Barricade onto Allen the announce table. I was like, man, Baz and Allen having a terrible night. Seth then came back with the sing blade as the crowd kept going, whoa, whoa, whoa. When the Miz was like, oh, right, you're going to sing his song, are you? Well, watch this. And he hit a second rope code breaker. Terrific. He also went for the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up, after he had got his knees up following an attempted frog splash by Seth Rollins. And when he wasn't able to get the three, he went right into the figure four. So I was like, man, the Miz, he got his working boots on. Miz even avoided the stomp and hit about 792 DDTs. That's not true. But because he just kept up in the ante, he actually had me believing, which makes me a little bit of a goober. Because eventually Seth was able to hit his awesome superplex Falcon Arrow Mortal Kombat combo. He was able to get the stomp and he got the one, two, three. But do not worry about that. This kind of just existed in the middle of Raw because we had to do something, but they get a round of applause from me. I take it again, to be honest with you. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. 
That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and Matt Riddle were then backstage... It was planning time. Zayn mentioned to Owens that Riddle had an idea. And straight away, Kevin was like, I don't want to hear from this guy. Why don't you just leave it to us? And he was kind of right at first. Riddle was like, right, listen, Sola Sokoa uses his thumb. So I was thinking, why don't I attack him with my big toe? <laughs> the way Kevin Owens reacted to this, it was wonderful. It actually turned out to be a little bit of a ruse because as KO was melting down as a human being, Riddle was like, look, I'm not being serious. The bloodline took me out for months. They took out my partner and they stole my tag team titles. I don't want to go out there and be a goof. I want to go out there and kick their ass. Yeah. Matt then stormed out because he was so riled up as Owens was all like, I told you, Sami Zayn, you should have listened to him. But Sam didn't care because he was just so happy that everyone was getting on. Now, call me a little bit of a conspiracy theorist. Once again, this kind of felt like WWE were teasing some sort of problems between Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. But I'm going to leave it there and hope that I was wrong. But this was just a lovely segment. All these guys are so damn good. We then had more madness next because it was Bobby Lashley versus Austin Theory. A match I'm pretty sure we've seen 98,760 times. The US title wasn't on the line either. And they basically spent most of this throwing each other into Rita the ring post. So I sat there going, why do you have a problem with Rita now? Without her, do you know what would happen to the ring? You'd fall down on the floor. Bob Kitty had this one too when he applied the Hurt Lock, which is when Mr. Nice Guy, Bronson Reed just turned up and he attacked Lashley, which 
of course meant it was a disqualification. Now, he started to beat up Bob when Lashley did fight back and tried to apply the hurt lock. But this is when Austin Theory was back. He booted Bobby in the back of the head when Bronson Reed climbed to the top rope and he hit that tsunami. And I tell you, because he is such a big guy, it's always pretty damn impressive. It did make Bronson look a bit like a moron because look, if Bobby Lashley had beaten Austin Theory, he could have then challenged him for the United States Championship. He could have won the thing and then Bronson could be like, oh, by the way, we drew last week, so I think I get first dibs. Why do I have to be everyone's manager? Now, I am going to give this an up because I do enjoy this feud being stretched out. But when it gets to Austin Theory, what the hell has happened? Because honestly, I need someone to tell me what was the plan after WrestleMania. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to have Austin Theory versus John Cena. All right, yeah, that sounds great. And get this, Austin is going to beat John. Oh my gosh. Then what? I don't know. Who am I? The Booker? Yes. Well, fuck you. I mean, that had to be it. It had to be. Because Theory defeated John Cena, one of the best of all time. And as of right now, he hasn't benefited at all. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. That's like two plus two equals potato down. Which brought out Trish Stratus. She wasn't very happy. Because her big point here was that when she first debuted for WWE, women's wrestling was considered a joke. And do you know who changed all that? That's right, Trish Stratus. There is a lot of truth to that, though. When she turned her attention to Lita, she was like, what did Lita do? Nothing. She just came out and did a little bit of a dance and then followed up with a moonsault. Anybody can do it. It was Trish who was the trailblazer here. So why is everyone chanting for Becky Lynch and Lita at WrestleMania? Because what everybody should have been shouting is, Trish, thank you so much. You're the best. I mean, it probably needs to be a little bit more catchy. But my word was Trish good here. The reason Becky annoys her too is because she walks around going, <laughs> I was the catalyst to change, which is not true at all. And once again, Stratus should be getting applauded, especially because she paved the way for people like Becky Lynch. Instead, she didn't even get a thank you, not even for holding that door open one time. She didn't say that last bit, I made it up. Stratus also admitted that it was her that beat up Lita last week as she kind of mimicked Becky Lynch's accent. It was even worse than when I tried to do it. See, I didn't come out as anything. When she told us, she's not your childhood fantasy. She's not a nostalgia act. She is one of the most important people in WWE history. And at the end of this, I know she meant to be a bad guy, but I was clapping. She just shots fired. So this has been justified on one single promo alone. Really, WWE should remember this. Sometimes just go give an individual a microphone and they will make it work. I'm now very excited about this match because in many ways it is a dream match. There's no two ways about it. It is getting it up. However, why did WWE pipe in booze? It was like this. I'm so mad, boo, boo, that I'm here and I can't believe that you're booing me, boo, boo, boo. And if you think I'm putting my hand over my mouth and booing, boo, 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 you're totally wrong. I mean, even with all of WWE's cash reserves, you could just hear it because it's a sample too. So it's just someone going, play, stop, play, stop. It's like canned laughter on a sitcom. You don't have to worry about this. Trish was so good here, she would have got those boos anyway. And nobody was saying booerns. Just think it's ridiculous. Down. And then Cody was being interviewed. I mean, this guy. Because he was so damn frustrated because he's not the champion. And it's Adam Pearce sending security guards after him. Even though it was Brock Lesnar, who won that Raw after WrestleMania, came out and caused a mega fuss. So something is totally wrong here. So what he's going to have to do is smash his way through and smash the beast. Because Brock Lesnar is in a corner. And the only way to get out of there is to beat Cody Rhodes. But that's not going to happen because he's the American Nightmare. 
Hell yeah. As ever, Cody was just great here then because he gets you so fired up. And again, I am very worried he's going to lose. But does it really matter? No. Wrestling's just a story. I'll get over it. When it was time for Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville taking on Mi Chin and Candice LeRae. Here's the thing. Even though Raquel Rodriguez and Liv Morgan watched on here to kind of continue the story, and we had Nikki Cross turning up going, oh my gosh, Candice LeRae, I love you so much from the front row. All of this just feels a little bit lackluster and like WWE aren't giving them a proper story. That is a massive shame too because Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville as a tag team are awesome. This just ended when Chelsea did the unprettier onto Meachin, and then they went and looked at the tag team champions and were like, we're going to have a title match soon. Okay. I just think we should probably give them some time and actually something to sink their teeth into. And also look at LeRae and Mia Yim right now. They ain't doing much of anything. Because essentially wrestling is best when you have an awesome narrative holding everything together. And this just doesn't have it. And it absolutely could. It would take all of two weeks. Gotta get it down. Which is when I think WWE went, oh wait, we've got a bunch of important superstars. We haven't featured them for ages. Whoops. Because basically the Street Profits, Baron Corbin, Elias and Rick Boogs were hanging out backstage. And they were like, oh, the draft is coming up. I wonder what's going to happen. Please tune in. This is when Tazawa arrived and he was all like, oh man, Rick Booz, you're a massive star. Whereas you, Elias, you suck. <laughs> and you're probably going to be drafted last. This is when Corbin returned. He's like, man, Tazawa, that was a good joke. To which Tazawa instantly responded, well, you better shut up because nobody likes you. It was kind of funny. So it does kind of feel like we're probably not going to draft Baron Corbin or something. And if this doesn't end with sad Corbin coming back, I don't know what we're doing. When the Usos were here and they were like, oh, we're going to win at Backlash and we're going to become the tag team champions again. I tell you. Given what's happening in Saudi Arabia now with Knight of Champions, I'm actually a little worried that's going to happen. Watch this space. Which did indeed bring us to our main event, which was Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn and Matt Riddle taking on the Judgment Day. And it made me feel all warm and fuzzy in my tum-tum because I love these guys. And it's tremendous that right now, they're all holding up WWE. Finn Balor was being an ass right away because he went after Kevin Owens. And do you know what happened when he threw him to the outside? Rhea Ripley just wrecked KO with this clothesline. So once again, I was like, wait, Kevin Owens is the tag team champion. Give that to Rhea Ripley too. Riddle got a tag soon after that and he beat up Balor. And he also tried to do a dive and Damien Peace grabbed him and chokeslammed him into the ring apron. Wait, the ring apron? Hang on. I must admit, I didn't think much of the ring apron first time I laid my eyes on it. Looked like the ring post was a lot harder. That was my first impression of the ring apron. This didn't allow Damo and Finn to beat up Matthew for a little while, but as soon as Dominic tagged in there and went for the suplex, he got German suplexed instead. Wunderbar. But I love this because every time Doc tried to go on the offense, somebody just whooped his ass. He totally gets his character and I love it. This meant Zayn could get the hottest tag, but he too went for a dive when Dominic was kind of getting involved. But once again, he got Sunset Flip power bombed, And this was a horrible bump. Stepping back into the real world for a second. I hope he is okay. I don't like very nice at all. Ripley then had enough, so she crotched Sammy on the top rope, and finally the referee did say this, so he was like, man, you're going to have to leave. But if I was Rhea, I would have just gone backstage and then turned around and come back out again, because that's what the Usos did on SmackDown. There ain't no rules. Owens then decided he went back in, but actually missed a senton, which allowed Dominic to get the tag to Finn Balor. So this was wonderful, because KO and Finn are just wonderful. But it then went terrible for the Judgment Day, because Kev started busting out stunners. 
don't know what this is. It's just me doing a dance. As it turned out, this was going to be the window to success too, because Zayn then hit a halluva kick. Riddle asked to be tagged in. He nailed the floating bro onto Finn Balor. He got the one, two, three. The good guys had done it. Mr. Burns had won it. It also means now we have teased some issues between the Judgment Day and the Bloodline. And the reason is this is so good is everything I told you about earlier, because we got to the end of Raw, and it was time for faction warfare. Because as soon as the rest of Roman's crew did run out, all of a sudden the LWO were here, and everybody just came together. And there was people going into Rita the Ring Post, there were people going into Alan the Announce Table, and if you want to come into my house and say, Simon, wasn't it a bit like the ending of an Attitude Era Raw? I'd be like, yes, yes it was. It was just carnage. It also meant the good guys were standing tall at the end. So once again, the bloodline and the Judgment Day coming together did not help at all. And I'm very intrigued to see where this is going. Like if we were close to the Survivor Series, we're like, oh man, we're going to do a bunch of multi-man matches. But still, there's something to all this. And when Raw did end, I was like, ha ha, that's how you do it. Which actually was how I felt about all of Raw. I mean, there are a few downs in there because a few people are directionless. But otherwise... I think there's something to this backlash show. I'm giving it up. Now, please do like the video, share the video, and subscribe, and leave a comment below, and let me know what you thought about the show, because that's more important than anything. And there's some magical videos on the screen. Give them a click and see what happens when you go to whatculture.com and read the Raw Ups and Downs article. I don't write it, so you'll get different opinions. And you can follow us on social media at whatculturewwe. Simon Miller 316. My name is Simon for What Culture. Thank you very much for watching me as always. I appreciate your time and I will see you soon. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.